You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. All right. What is going on, everybody? We made it through the 2020 conference championship games and set up uh, the probably most boring and annoying Super Bowl in history. I'm just kidding. Uh, obviously, if you guys listen, you know me and Matter. Not a hundred percent thrilled with the two teams that the Ravens through the Giants from two thousand with like a word with your introduction. And that's probably very true. But yeah, so obviously two great games this past weekend on Sunday. They were actually well, for the most part, both very good games. The first one definitely between Tampa Bay and Green Bay turned out to be a very good game. Buffalo Chiefs was, you know, maybe up until about the third quarter. uh, An okay game. But we are going to go over both those games, setting up obviously a big Super Bowl game here in two weeks between the Kansas City Chiefs and the, I was almost going to say New England Patriots, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, And that's probably it. We'll obviously go over some of the news as well. Uh, We've been talking about going over WandaVision. We will definitely finally do that Thursday. I have yet to see the new episode, so I want to see that before we go over and talk about the first episode. I did hear it was very good, so I'm really like intrigued to – I really want to watch it because I love the first two episodes. So getting into the third one, I will definitely get done by Thursday so we can give you guys a little talk about that and then preview, obviously, episode four. So before we dive into the games, though, Matt, how are you doing today and how was your weekend? Doing pretty good. Uh, my 
my weekend was nice and relaxing and then uh, kind of ended on a on a bummer note you know I would like to uh, I apologize on Twitter but I feel like I need to apologize to the Bills and Packers fan base because I should have known after years of uh, being passionate about a movie that got jacked by the Academy Awards that if I was passionate about wanting a Bills Packers Super Bowl they were both gonna lose yeah, I mean, you know, I would say the, our whole team might be kind of the the kiss of death over here because it seems like a lot of the teams we pick have really just not been working out for us in the playoffs. So I probably should have forced this all to go the opposite way of what we wanted because this has definitely not worked out. I think you have to keep your streak going, though. I feel like you have to pick the Chiefs because you have not picked the Buccaneers any week and they constantly win. I think they take it personally. Yeah. Brady subscribes to your feeds. Well, and you he's know like, – I wasn't going to try, and then I saw Bruning diss me again, and I was like, I got to do it. The funny thing is I'm pretty sure I've gone against the Chiefs the past two weeks as well, and they have they have definitely proved me wrong. And I brought up when we did our um, we did our playoff show, I did technically have the Chiefs making it to the Super Bowl and repeating, and then as that's gone on, I've really not wanted them to go to the Super Bowl and repeat, even though I did predict that. I, I believe I had them Chiefs. I believe I had the Chiefs Saints. I know we all had the Saints in yeah. the NFC side. Uh, and I had the Chiefs winning and repeating. It looks like they've got a shot to do that. You know, it's – I don't know. Let's just start with the Tampa Bay game because if I'm being honest, I still don't feel they deserve to have won that game, but they did. Uh, every metric, if you were a box score scouting, looking at the game would tell you the Green Bay Packers should have won that game. And yet Tom Brady and the Buccaneers found a way to pull it off, 31 to 26 Brady is now going to his 10th Super Bowl, obviously his first in the NFC. And it is crazy to think as everybody who has everybody has thrown in my face over the past 24 hours. If you've seen me talking about Tom Brady on Twitter, uh, that he now has as many uh, NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Brees. So that's a, you know, good for him in his first year into the NFC. I thought Brees had been to the Super Bowl twice. Has he? I think they won. They beat the, Oh, they have, yeah. And they lost to somebody. No, yeah, you're correct. So, well, they're wrong on that. But at this point, I've muted that thread because I can't handle it anymore because I don't think I'm wrong with what I'm saying, but whatever. Uh, But the Buccaneers are the first team to ever play in a Super Bowl in their home stadium. You know, uh, what what were your thoughts on that overall game? I mean, the Buccaneers, you know, offensively came out on fire. Obviously, they looked really good. But if you really look at it, I mean, they get a – Easy setup for a touchdown on the Aaron Jones fumble. And then, my God, Greg Williams taking over the defensive call with eight seconds left. Got them another seven points. I mean, if you you can't really take points off the board, but that, that to me was pivotal. That was a huge swing against the Packers. And in my opinion, really cost them the game with that turnover by Aaron Jones and then the play at the end of the second. Uh, yeah, going into halftime. Yeah, I mean, it was not a great Buccaneers' performance uh, offensively or even uh, really defensively. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had 346 and three touchdowns. They did do, you know, I said they they would need to be stout against the run, and they were, and they would need to be opportunistic and force a couple turnovers. Being able to get an interception and a fumble recovery, they end up losing the turnover battle, though. What was more amazing probably was, uh, you know, Tampa Bay – wasn't as successful running the ball as we thought they might be. Um, you know, Fournette looked okay at times. Ronald Jones only 16 yards, didn't do much. And Brady threw three interceptions. He was the one that kind of pulled like that Drew Brees 
uh, I, I'm not doing great, but it was the Packers' inability to ever make anything happen. Um, you know, I know a lot's going to be put on that call at the end of the game. I don't think it was pass interference. I think it would have been sat a little better if they called it holding because it definitely looked like defensive. I mean, he had the jersey. I will give you that they were inconsistent calling those kind of things throughout the day. But as you said last week when we were talking about a heartbreaking loss for the Browns, you, you shouldn't really leave it in the hands of the officials. So, I mean, you got to handle your business. And the Packers didn't handle their business. They couldn't take advantage of turnovers. I, I'll be curious to see what you think, but I think horrific call by their coach down down at the end that just made no literally no sense to me and you know it ends up being kind of a, a depressing bummer i was you know tampa bay did spread the ball around with their receivers um and they've been opportunistic uh the real question probably for them is you know thank god we finally have this two weeks for them to do some stories about tom brady because i feel like he's not been covered much you know, finally he gets the Super Bowl recognition that he, he deserves. I also caught a glimpse of it uh, watching the beginning of PTI today. Can't wait for two weeks of uh, how much Bill Belichick is overrated, uh, which seems to be the route that we're now heading down. Just that's probably – I don't think there's anything new and interesting to talk about with Kansas City because they, they were just there last year and they've been in the AFC Championship game three years in a row. Or Tom Brady – and we, we probably have like 97 hours of pregame coverage now the next two weeks. Mercifully, COVID is sparing us uh, media day, traditional media day. But that's that's what's going to be a lot. Yeah, I mean, if you were uh, – the, the saying that I love when people talk about certain things with football is if you were to bring an alien from another universe over and drop him on Earth, uh, if they would have watched the games yesterday, they could probably tell you everything about Tom Brady. Probably better tell you about his life story than their own because of the way they talked yeah. about Tom Brady yesterday. Yeah, on, on the Buccaneers side, I mean, I'm with you. They did, In my opinion, they did not play a great game, but they made defensive stands when it mattered um, against – a team going into the game yesterday that was the best team historically, not just this year, the best team we have ever seen in the red zone when it came to scoring points in the Green Bay Packers this season. And they stopped them multiple times, held them to field goals. Uh, you just mentioned, obviously, the three interceptions for Brady. They got six points off of that. I mean, that's just not something you need to see or want to see for a team that should have beaten them with the way they were playing. You know, you're right. They held the guys uh, in check on the run fairly well. I mean, Leonard Fournette had the one good run, looked like kind of Fournette of old. But outside of that, neither one of them really did much, either in the passing game, either. Fournette had a bunch of drop passes. I'll be interested to see what this team looks like or, or how they didn't look like the team they did the week before when they were playing the Saints, although the Saints did kind of help them out a little bit as well with the way Drew Brees turned the ball over. I was talking uh, – we were talking a little bit off air. I have a customer that's a big Patrick Mahomes fan because of, of him going to school at Texas State and, and, and getting a chance to meet him. And I told him today, I was like, you know, maybe it's just – me not really diving that much into it right now, but my early thoughts are I don't think this is going to be much of a game because I know that Tampa Bay's defense is good, but what Aaron Rodgers for the most part was able to do, like what he's doing now 
isn't even as good as what Patrick Mahomes is doing in his prime, even with the injury. And they've got Kelsey, CEH, Tyree Kill, Miko Hardman, where really Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I know MVS stepped up yesterday, but he's got Devontae Adams because Aaron Jones got hurt in that game and missed pretty, I think it was early in the second quarter when he had that fumble and then was out from there on. So granted, A.J. Dillon stepped up and played really good with, with Aaron Jones out, but neither him or Jamal Williams are Aaron Jones. So for the Buccaneers side, you know, I will say I'm happy for Bucks fans who, you know, have been, you know, dealing with the Jameis Winston led years and everything else for what is it since 2002. So you're looking at almost a decade worth of kind of struggles. They have not made it back to the playoffs. It's gotta be exciting uh, to see this team, which we, I think we can all admit with, even with Winston there the past couple of years has had a really good team and has just not been able to put it together. Brady comes down there. He, you know, I, I, I quote, I made a joke on Twitter yesterday about him being like KD going to the Warriors. You know, he comes to, to a loaded team in Tampa Bay. They bring in all these veterans that want to play with Tom Brady, want to win a championship, and it's worked out for them. Um, they're in and they're in a Super Bowl. You know, whether or not they win it, I think Tampa Bay fans should be excited because this is not something. You know, in fairness to them, I did not expect. I did not think Tampa Bay, I've been saying all year, I thought Tampa Bay was going to be good, but I did not think they were going to make it. it I didn't think they were going to make it into the playoffs, much less make it to the Super Bowl. And and here they are. They, they've proved us all wrong. Uh, for the Green Bay side, you mentioned Rodgers, 346, three touchdowns. MVS had 115 yards and a touchdown. Just Rodgers just missed him on another big play as well down the sideline. You know, you mentioned the the field goal thing. I'll save that. Uh, actually, I guess we'll dive into that right off the bat. I didn't have as big an issue with it as others did. Um, I know they just didn't seem to be in rhythm down in the red zone for whatever reason. You know, the first one, a little bit of an errant throw off to, to Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones. Uh, Devontae Adams' side, otherwise he has a touchdown. Devontae Adams was wide open on that easy, quick, like he made that quick stutter step play and cut outside, had, um, I don't remember who it was. Was it Davis, I think, Carlton? I don't know. I think Davis. Uh, He had him pretty much tripping over himself, was wide open. Rodgers just missed him. And then it was literally two other plays to Devontae Adams. Neither one of them were successful, caused him to kick a field goal. When they got down there the next time, you know, obviously all the talk is Aaron Rodgers had looked like wide open to to the pylon for a run. If he just runs it in there. I didn't see the interview, but I know someone mentioned today that he thought that there was a defender that was right there. Now, there was a defender coming up kind of to the side of him. It was probably in his peripheral vision when he threw that ball to Adams. Maybe he thought was going to catch him. Why I didn't have an issue with him kicking the field goal is if they score there, obviously you've got to go for the two-point conversion. And if you fail at that, you have to get the ball back anyways, right? Now, obviously you only have to kick a field goal at that point to win the game, but you still have to get the ball back. Their offense was playing really good, at least driving down the field and getting into the red zone. And I think everybody is overlooking the, if King doesn't have defensive pass interference, they just got the ball back. They did stop the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I believe at that point it was with a minute 30 left. Now, granted, no timeouts. But I think it's pretty fair to say we've seen the King of Hell Marys pull off some um, some miraculous comebacks with no time left in Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Hail Marys or driving down the field to beat teams. So 
I did not think it was a horrible call going for the field goal, knowing that if you didn't get the two-point conversion, you were still going to have to drive down the field and either get a field goal this way, knowing, okay, we know we have to get a touchdown. If Kevin King doesn't pull the jersey, and just because I don't even think Tyler Johnson catches that ball. If he, it was over his head. Like, I, I did not think it was going to be the Tyler why I Johnson. That's it's holding and not yeah. – uh, because people point out it's not catchable, and I'll give you that. It, I, I don't think. I think it was a penalty. I just don't think pass interference yeah. is exactly oh, the yeah. technical call. I agree with you on that, and that's of course when you're king, though you probably don't see that. You see him get past you, and you just assume Tom Brady's going to hit him. So obviously he was doing whatever he could to stop that. But if if he doesn't pull on the jersey, that's likely a stop. So the Packers are getting the ball back. And so if they do drive to down the field to score, then everybody's talking about Matt LaFleur being an absolute genius. So it, it, for me, it was a little bit of hindsight. I thought, like, I know a lot of people I did see on Twitter when they did that, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? But what happens if they go for it and they're stopped and then Brady drives down the field and they never get that stop. Or if they get that stop, you still have to score the touchdown and the two-point conversion to tie the game at this point because you didn't kick the field goal. So I get why you would go for it, but for me, I kind of see both sides on it. That I did not think it was a bad move because, again, if King doesn't get the the, the penalty on him, they just stopped the Patriots. Their defense was playing good enough right there. I mean, they in the entire second half, they allowed the Patriots to score three points on oh, 28 Oh yeah, the but it's because of Brady. It's just got Patriots in my mind. Uh, the Buccaneers scored twenty eight in the first half, and then three points the entire second half. That's how good that Packers defense had been. So I agree with him relying on his defense at that point. And I'll take the penalty out of it. They they get their they get their stop, and then you give Rodgers the chance to now drive you down the field and score. So what were your thoughts though? Uh, we'll get to the penalty in a minute. Just the the field goal. I I mean I thought it was a horrific coaching job. Uh. I lost a lot of respect for him. I don't, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I don't agree in any way. I think you go for it. And if you don't get it, you've pinned them now at the eight yard line and severely limited what they're going to try to do. Cause when a team's pinned down there, they don't try what they did coming off that field goal. When you're, you know, at the 25 or 30, of course they're going to start putting the ball in the air, trying to get penalties or make a big play because they know all they need is basically one first down to milk the clock away from you. There was not enough time. If there's three and a half or four minutes and you decide to kick a field, okay, but you're barely over the two-minute warning. They actually even made comments that they sort of lucked out on the that the that Jadon Mickens, who – two weeks in a row, I feel like has made special teams, mental errors came up short because he was supposed to run around to get them to the two minute warning and actually gave them another, another timeout. I just, I would have liked seeing they were, they had been getting to Brady and getting pressure on Brady and they had been doing a good job bottling up the run. And if you have that team pinned down at the eight yard line, they're handing the ball off because they're not going to try to risk getting a safety in the end zone, getting their quarterback sacked in the end zone, or some other shenanigans, put the ball up in the in the air on first down from there. They're going to try to punch out and get some space. You get a couple of good stops. Third down, they're going to try to – they probably milk the clock down. Then you get the ball back in better position. You go down and score. As soon as they kick that field goal, I thought to myself, they're never going to see the ball again. Yeah, and I mean, again, that that is, I guess, the risk you take. I mean – 
He said, I, I get it either way. If they would have gone for it and not gotten it, you're right. Maybe, maybe they're able to stop Brady quick, really quick on, on three downs and they punt it and they're in better territory. You know, I, I did not see as – I at least didn't have as big an issue with it as others. So when it comes to the penalty, it was a penalty. Whatever you what, – regardless, I, I see a lot of people arguing about it on Twitter. I know you agree that it was a penalty. Whether it was defensive pass interference or holding, it was definitely a penalty. I, I do, however, agree with everybody saying they were not calling that the entire game. You can – and in my opinion, this is the only thing I agree with. I can't blame the rest for calling it, but from my viewpoint, I do agree with the people saying you cannot call that in a moment that completely changes the game when you have let that go the entire game. That's kind <laughs> of where I – I mean, though, I guess – I just think put it in the problem – It's a penalty in the fourth quarter, right? The problem, too, is I think they knew that because that penalty flag came in incredibly late. late. If that guy sees it and throws it right away, you're like, well, you know, he saw the penalty. You saw the ball go over the head. You saw the defense celebrating for a while. And then it's like, oh, my God, now there's a flag. I feel like they were wrestling internally with some of the same things you're talking about that, you know, we haven't really called a lot of these. Can we, should we be the ones deciding these? And I think that's what opens up more of the criticism too. It is a penalty. They weren't always calling it throughout the game. You can't always count that that's not going to get called, but I, I think the officials opened themselves up to more criticism by waiting what felt like an eternity to drop a flag. If you see what you think is a penalty, you should be throwing a flag. Not yeah, waiting that, to see what happens. Yeah, so. that that's my biggest issue with it, to be honest, because you go, and it, it wasn't just the Packers. I know it happened a couple times on the Packers way, but the Packers defense was getting away with that stuff too, and they weren't calling it the entire game. So how you then call it at that point, like my biggest thing was if they wouldn't have called it, like if they wouldn't have called it and the Packers get the ball back, drive down the field and the score, I understand Tampa Bay would have been complaining about it and everything, but the difference would have been, you could then go back and look at all the other times, literally all the other times in that game that there should have been defensive pass interference and the referees didn't call it. They were letting them play or whatever. Now, if you're Green Bay side, like you go back in and, you know, do you send like every single other time that should have been defensive pass interference? Okay, send that to the NFL office. Why wasn't this pass interference, but this was? Because I need to understand that. And it's not going to matter now, yeah. even if the rest come back, oh, well, we messed up. I mean, you just. I just, I, I, it was for not even being a Packers fan. Like, that's the thing. People were getting very upset with me when I was saying certain things on Twitter the past couple of days. Like, I have no root vested interest really in either one of these teams. Like, I don't hate Tom Brady. I've literally said he's the greatest of all time. So, why people think I hate him, I'm not making that comment if I hate him. I have difference of opinions on other things. I don't hate Tom Brady. I just thought that the way the refs handled that game was horrible. But, I also do agree with what you said, and I did say it last week with the Browns game. You can't put the game in their hands. Like you just, you just can't because they're going to end up screwing you. It just seems like that's what the rest do. Well, and the unfortunate timing of when the flag was thrown, and the unfortunate, I you know, I think they, yes, a penalty, but I think they made the wrong call, and those are a couple of the things that have opened it up to more criticism and causes it basically too becomes the second time in three years that most people feel like the NFC championship game was decided by the officials on the last on the last drive because 
you know, immediately after that happened, people started posting the Rams Saints ending. And that was a, a couple of years ago, but that was a defining no call that very much impacted the end yeah. of a game. This is a defining call. They waited a long time. They called pass interference, which has led to I've seen all, a lot of the arguments too about it not being catchable and stuff, which is a fair point if that's what you're yeah. going to call. I think they called the wrong thing. They waited forever. And now it's become about the officials. And that's kind of the disappointment too, because like you said, it was a competitive game, a lot out there on the line, a lot of efforts by a lot of people. And, you know, it's not really fair to either fan base. It's not fair to Green Bay's fan base who feels like they got cheated. It's not really fair to Tampa Bay's fan base who, like you said, have been waiting for a long time for some success and now have to endure days of people talking about them giving it the refs giving it to you because they like Tom Brady. I don't think that's an entirely fair argument either, but I guess that's what we get sometimes with these sports. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I think if I'm a Tampa Bay fan, I really don't care what other people are saying. My team's in the Super Bowl, so they probably don't care. Like I'm sure it does annoy some of them knowing that, you know, their team made it in and that's what they have to listen to. But I also think the flip side of it is, I mean, they're in the Super Bowl. So they, 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 they don't really care. Uh, so let's see. There was something else I wanted to bring up. Okay, so Rogers. So there's a lot of talk, obviously, about his his press conference. You know, we talked a little bit about it in our group chat. Um, I did hear that there was more to that that is leaning toward what you were saying. I only listened to the little bit, the one clip, saying that hey, you know, his future's up in the air, and so, as is so many others. I did see a, a story today. I believe it was Adam Schefter talking about how the the Rogers actually controls more of his destiny than the Packers do, even though he's tied to them for three years uh it was obviously a, a not great sounding clip from rogers and and you know my my thought process on that was i think at this point in his career i mean this is now two years in a row he's made it to the nfc championship last year obviously they just got destroyed by the 49ers so there's probably not much in thinking of being gutted i guess because you 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 gotta got just beat in all three phases of the field so you kind of knew okay you know it, it just wasn't our year this year, though, in my opinion, and you know what, I would think, unless you're a Bucks fan, you're going to agree with this statement, Green Bay was the better team on the field yesterday, but they did lose that game. And I think part of that being gutted comes from that is being so close and feeling like you should have won that game and you lose. And he's getting older and older. You know, there's no guarantee he's going to be able to play as long as Brady has. I mean, there's not a lot of people who have proven they could do that. And you never know if you're going to get back here again. Kind of the argument I made last week about the Browns, right? All these Browns fans excited. No guarantee you ever get back to that point again. I think that's probably what Rodgers is feeling a little bit is like, you know, we had a chance to get back to the Super Bowl again, and we lost in such a horrible way like that. And, and, you know, I know he said he needed to take some time to kind of think and figure out what he wanted to do from here. I guess how worried or what are your thoughts on Rogers' press conference and, and what this means for him and the Packers moving forward? Yes, and, and even in the immediate aftermath of seeing them lose, I had no doubt in my mind, you know, he's going to be back. He's seemingly at the top of his game. The guy threw 48 touchdown passes. He's probably going to be named the NFL regular season MVP. To me, it wasn't just what he said, although what he said, you, you do have to pause and take a moment. It was, to me, there was a very somber and dejected tone and a, a lot of long pauses. And 
uh, you know, I watched that and I was like, that was the first time I'd ever thought to myself, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think he's 37, 38. Yeah. I mean, John Elway retired when he was 38. I thought about, you know, that it used to not be that uncommon. Um, I also, you know, if you listen to he he got asked about the decision to kick a field goal and um, he was respectful of his coach. But at the same time, I came away with a strong impression that that was incredibly personally deflating to him, that they took the ball out of his hands and his team lost and blew a chance. And, and the things you talked about, like how hard it is to get to those points in time. And he had a lot of success early and a real soft, depressing middle and had kind of had a resurgence here at the end, but they've been good, but not quite good enough. I, to me, my first thought when I heard that is he's considering whether he wants to retire. I know right away people started putting like places that he could go, treating it almost like a Deshaun Watson. I didn't get that sense. To me, I think it's whether he wants, he he's emotionally at the point where he can come back, you know, again and, and is ready to commit and give it back again. I think you saw him make reference to the teammates he thinks might not be there, which yeah. might tell you how he feels about Aaron Jones, because that's very much of a question. Yeah. might tell you how he feels about some of these guys who are potential free agents. Uh, Green Bay has not always been a team that's, you know, they're, they've been more Pittsburgh-esque in, you know, we'll, we'll find players and, and build our way. We're not going to overpay to keep our guys. So I think there's a lot of things weighing on him. You know, I just, it was a different tone than I think yeah, we've heard from sure. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, leading up into last week's game and at times during the game, you could tell he was having nothing but fun. He looked like a different yeah. Rodgers. Now I've talked about it many times on here. Rodgers of the past at times would be criticizing teammates and, and, and getting mad at him, yelling at him on the sideline. This year when MVS had that fumble that cost him a game, like he did nothing but praise him, which is not the Aaron yeah. Rodgers we've seen in the past. So I would honestly hate to see him go, and, and I'll stretch this into a co- topic that I've been talking about on Twitter, but I would really hate to see him go out this way. I, I really do hope that he comes back next year. Obviously, he is tied to Green Bay contract-wise for three years. A lot of the talk is that he can get out of it or that the Packers can move him if they want to. We'll see. I still think they've got a really good core around them. You know, I think the biggest key, and I haven't dove in on the defensive side. I know King is a free agent because I saw a lot of Packers fans talking about good riddance after that game. But that might uh, not have been the teammate that Aaron was lamenting that would be gone. Yeah. But I do think Aaron Jones, if, if they can figure out a way to bring him back, would be a great would be still great to be on that team. Because as much as I think A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams have looked good, and I actually think Jamal Williams is a free agent as well. He's a free agent too, yeah. Same draft class as Jones. Me, Neither one of those guys is Aaron Jones. So I think, you know, you've got, if you can bring that guy back, I would, uh, because they do have a great team around them. I would hate, I would. And I'm, I'm not, I'm right there with you. You know, we've heard really the past couple of years that, uh, hey, dude, sorry. Uh, we've, we've seen the, he's pe- lamenting the fact that Aaron Rodgers may retire too. He is. He's, he knows that, that dad likes Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 
you know, we've heard him even the past couple of years ago saying that he doesn't see himself playing much longer. And that was two mm-hmm. or three years ago that he said that stuff. So maybe you're right. Maybe he's just kind of hit that. It's not that his skills have diminished, but it's more of the, you know what? I'm, I'm just tired of the emotion and everything I go through and put into this and for, for it not to end up working out for well, me. Could, could you imagine if in a couple months we're looking at this and not only did Tom Brady and the Bucks make this playoff run, but he also knocked out Alex Smith, Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it goes to, I guess, the conversation about him. And so I want to get your perspective on this because I feel like you're unbiased. And then we will we will move on to the Sunday night game. So I guess tell me if I'm wrong in my thinking here because I feel like I'm not unjustly unjustly criticizing Brady when I say this, but Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. You could argue he's the greatest football player of all time with what he's done, not just quarterback, greatest football player of all time. He's now in his 10th Super Bowl. Pretty sure nobody else has ever done that. He's obviously already got, he's already got six uh, six Super Bowl rings. You know, a lot of people talking about it. I, I saw the graphic yesterday where he's – 33 and 14 in playoff games. Like I believe Breeze and Rogers combined weren't even at, at 33 wins in the, in the Super Bowl or in playoffs. My argument is I'm not trying to take away anything from Tom Brady. He is the greatest of all time. And I don't base that on championships either. I base it on what he's done because in my opinion, Super Bowls are a team stat, not a Super Bowl stat. In my mind, and I'd have to go back and look at all of them, but there's two Super Bowls I can think of that he won them. There's many others that I think were various degrees of other things going on, not just Brady. You cannot tell me he... You're saying he didn't pick off Russell Wilson at the end of that game? You know, from what I've been told on Twitter, he is the reason, the sole reason, and really the only reason the Patriots have won six Super Bowls and that he's gone 33-14 and in the playoffs. But... I'm going to save that for another time because I really don't want to get into that discussion because it's stupid, if I'm being honest. He, it's probably coming two, mo- two Mondays from now, the way our luck is going. Yeah, that is probably true. Uh, my argument has been, and, and the reason I brought this up is because someone posted something about Aaron Rodgers, and I retweeted it, and it got a bunch of people in. Like a whole, I was like debating with people for close to three or four hours last night. And then even into today, even people who were on the opposite side of me were even saying like, all right, like this is kind of getting ridiculous with this thread. I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. Like I thought this was over with in my opinion. It is. I can say that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time while also in the same sentence saying that I feel Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes are better quarterbacks. I feel like they are more talented, and from what I've seen while watching them play, I think they are better with what they do on the field than what Tom Brady has ever done. Not diminish what he's done on the football field, in my opinion, does not diminish what he's accomplished on the football field. But if you were to tell me in their primes you were starting teams with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady would be the third pick for me in that draft. Knowing everything, even if you knew the future, knowing he would do this, I would take Aaron Rodgers, I would take Patrick Mahomes because of their skill and what they can do on the football field. Your thoughts? Uh, Mahomes could end up being – I still – Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still sure. feel like it's – you know, isn't this – this is – Third, this is his third year, and he, he's about to be in back-to-back Super Bowls, won three AFC championship games. So he he's on pace he's won if you want to use that. Games. Yeah. No, he's been in three, though. This is or, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's three, been yeah. one three. He lost. Oh, my bad. 
Yeah. My bad. Yeah, yeah. He's been in three. His one, two, but he's about to go back to back to back Super Bowls. Like what him and Reed are doing is already early on yeah. what, what Brady and Belichick have done. Yeah. So, I mean, he could be, you know, I want to see where it ends up. You know, the great unknowns, things like injuries. You know, we've yeah. seen people that were that were on a track or, you know, salary cap or whatever. He He could be. I would not put Rodgers over. Okay. I I like Aaron Rodgers. I I mean, he's definitely been a great quarterback for a long time, but I wouldn't put him over. The other one I I often hear people talking the same thing about Peyton Manning. I yeah. And obviously Peyton Manning meant a lot to us here and, you know, I watch him on TV every week. Uh, you know, on his show, but I wouldn't put him over Brady either. There is a quality of being a competitor and finding a way to win no matter what. I, you know, that's one of the things that always amazed me about Jordan that amazed me uh, watching the last dance. Brady has that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it doesn't always look great. Um but, you know, and I think in that position and as a as a competitor, I like Rodgers. There are things Rodgers, I think, does with more polish than Tom Brady, but I wouldn't put him over. Okay, so that that's my argument, though. That's what I feel like everybody gets lost in the minutia of what Tom Brady has done. I'm not talking about what he's accomplished on the football field. He is by far the greatest. That's what I, that's what I've been saying. But when I look at it, I look at it from a context point of view and you brought it up, which is something that a lot of people weren't doing. He wasn't the reason they won that Super Bowl against Seattle. It was Malcolm Butler making a pick in the end zone. Cause if he doesn't do that, guess who wins the Super Bowl? Seattle. Guess who's now sitting with five Super Bowls, not six Tom Brady. Tom Brady has won six Super Bowls. Yes. So has Bill Belichick. So has the new England Patriots. I also think it's fair to say, at least in my opinion, I am not taking what's happened this year and, and trying to tarnish Bill Belichick at all by saying, oh, well, Tom Brady got the Super Bowl without Bill, so it was clearly Brady. No. What those two did, and I will say a lot of that credit does to go to Brady because something you just mentioned, the salary cap. We saw that every couple of years, Brady taking taking cuts on his salary to allow more money to go into the salary cap to allow them to build the team around him and continue to win. That is just nothing but, in my opinion, Love and admiration for a guy because we saw Patrick Mahomes do that same thing. He took a little bit less in the first these first couple of years saying, hey, I want you to keep this guy. I want you to keep Frank Clark. I want you to be able to sign Tyreek Hill. That's how you continue to win. And, and that's why I agree with you. Like, obviously, Mahomes has got a way to go, but he's showing kind of that part of it where uh, I think it's fair to say we've never seen Rodgers do, at least as far as I know. I don't really know the or remember mm-hmm. the ending ins and outs of his signing of his contracts. But Tom Brady wasn't the sole reason that they've won all the playoff no. games and, and and the Super Bowls that they have won. And that's always been my biggest argument because people then say, yeah, oh. but Rodgers hasn't done that. Rodgers also hasn't had the culmination Outside of, of round. professional basketball. I don't know that you could say that one person yes. can be the, you know, and even in professional basketball, I think if, if you took away anything from the last dance, it's how much Scottie Pippen was a reason they won those six championships. Yeah. And you even heard Michael Jordan say it. I, in team sports, unless you're talking about golf or 
tennis or Olympic sports. You know, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps did that yeah. predominantly by himself. He was on a couple of relays. He kind of carried – that was all him. No team sport. There's a reason you have a team. There's people that have to do the, the dirty work. Uh, you It also – I think in the NFL, even more so than in basketball and baseball and hockey, you need an element of luck, injury yeah. luck, the way the ball bounced. I mean, look at yesterday. Tom Brady had an okay game, but he also threw three interceptions. Unfortunately for him, the other defense. team wasn't able to do anything with yeah. it. You well, know? his defense so, stepped up. And then that's – or. Brady's first trip to the Super Bowl was the freaking tuck rule game. Yeah, that's what I was about to bring up. The the Raiders don't think about that. Raiders fans don't think about that in the cold night sweats. Yeah, so that, but so that's my point is I'm not trying to, I'm just talking about when I say that Rodgers is the one of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched play. I'm just talking about physical talent and what he can do on the NFL field. I'm not talking about what winning, because you're right. He's got, I do think Rodgers has the killer instinct in him, but like yesterday, we were not given the opportunity to see that, whether it was because LaFleur kicked the field goal, however you want to put it. He never got that shot to get the ball back. If he gets the ball back, drives down the scores, we're talking about Rodgers completely differently today than we are right now. That's my point. Yes, Brady's been given those opportunities and been able to do that, but it's also fair to say he Rodgers has never had a coach like that around him, or even Reed. Like I would, I don't think Andy Reed is Bill Belichick, but Andy Reed is better than Mike McCarthy. And he's better than right now, Matt LaFleur. I think Matt LaFleur is going to still be a good coach. He's taken the Packers to two NFC championships. Like, I'm not going to say he's a bad coach because of one thing that he's done. I, I think he's still got a shot to be very good. Now, I know a lot of people disagree with the decision yesterday. I'm still going to give him some time to see if if he can, you know, figure out a way to make that work. Maybe he did listen too much to the analytics yesterday and it cost him. Maybe he'll change his mind on that next time. It's, it's kind of one of those things you live and learn, right? But Rodgers has never had that Reed or Belichick around him. You know, people brought up when I, I said he's never really had the weapons. Right? Oh, well, he had Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and Donald Driver. Okay, so three guys. Three guys he's had around him his entire career. Now, Devontae Adams, which is probably outside Randall of Brady. Uh, Rand, I mean, Randall Cobble's good. I wouldn't say great. I wouldn't put him up there with those three guys. How dare you demean Eddie Lacy? Oh, cheeseburger Eddie? Yeah, his, I'm, his, I'm like, on green. Is one good year. Well, okay, but that's my point. Is he's never had what, like when I said that that he's not had at times the weapons that Brady has had around him. That everybody wants to point out, like the two three years that Brady. I'm like, dude, I, I can't think of now. I had a whole list of the running backs that he's had. He's had good running backs around him. I'm sorry, but there was a three to four year period when he had Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, which I understand Aaron Hernandez did not did what he did and he did not make the NFL field when he played. But Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski were the two two of the best tight ends in the league at the time that they were both there. I'm sorry. And, and then he had a season where he had Randy Moss. He had two seasons with right now. Only one of them worked out. Well, okay. Oh, I don't want to dive even deeper into that part because that really pissed me off. Because I mean, I think they've both at times had, had good players and they they have different styles. I don't when you come down to uh to judging quarterbacks too, they're when you're into a certain, unless, you know, if you're trying to make the case for like Colt McCoy, yeah, you know, we'll throw you away. But when you get into like these finite things, like for me, 
I always have trouble coming off of John Elway because I grew up watching him and I saw him like will some teams that didn't have a lot of talent into the Super Bowl. And I thought he was great. And if he would have played in this era, would have had dramatically different stats. He played for a coach that, you know, for a couple of coaches that kind of held him back. It wasn't the all pass all the time NFL. It didn't have the rules they have now. I mean, you watch some of those 80s games and 70s games and you see a receiver get like laid out unconscious before the ball gets there. And you're like, huh, I, I think that guy would be out of the league now. So it some blood comes down to personal preference, the things you like, the things that have seen that have inspired you. I don't think it's, it's throwing shade in any way to say that you think Rogers is maybe a better pure passer or, bet, or played that position better. Um, it we're all looking for different things. We're all passionate about different things. I, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible, I'm just saying personally. Oh yeah. No, I know. I know what the argument would be. And there are, there are definitely things, you know, I think didn't Rogers for a long time held the completion percentage. Yeah. Uh, you know, record things, things like that, that are kind of marks of of an astute approach to the position. He does some things that are incredible. He, you talk about his his hail marys. I don't think we've ever seen somebody who's had the kind of incredible success. I mean, he took it almost to an art form. There was one season where I think he nailed three of them, and you're like, I, everybody knew he was going to do it, and he still did it. You know, I think he has probably a stronger arm. Um, you know, and some some of those things. He he's a great player. I, I think when you get to a certain level, you're you're kind of nitpicking. It's unfortunate to me that he didn't get more of a chance, probably on a national stage. And I think that's probably what holds him. You can't avoid seeing Tom Brady. And when Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were both out there in the AFC, they dominated everything. I have an entire book that was written just about them and what they meant to football. I think that same thing kind of happens to Drew Brees. You look at the stats that Drew Brees, Drew Brees has eclipsed pretty much all of the passing records. I think he wasn't always right out there in the peak national spotlight. Green Bay wasn't always out there in the peak national spotlight. I think the AFC has dominated the NFC in terms of press coverage and stuff for a while too. Um, so I think those are some things that probably weigh into people's feelings. But Brady also is incredibly polarizing. I feel like I, – and you and I are not, I think, in this camp. I feel like people either love him or hate him. I don't love I don't love him or hate him, and I appreciate how great he was. I, I, I have a trouble rooting for him because I saw my teams go against him for so many years, but – it's just an interesting – people have really entrenched on Tom Tom Brady, and you see a lot of the people out there right now who were entrenched that he made the Patriots and he made Bill Belichick, and they're taking a victory lap now whether it's earned or not. Yeah, I know. I got a lot of that yesterday. And that, so, but that's my my issue with this argument is, okay, so you're actually you're – making, you're making valid points and you're not – I guess completely dismissing what I say just because of my opinion on which again, I, and I even told these people, I kept it when I was finally getting to the point where I was just done with the conversation. I was like, look, yeah. I, I appreciate that you, you, you support Brady and that's your guy. And that's fine. We're going to agree to disagree. In my opinion, Rogers is better. You can take Brady. I got nothing wrong with that. The dude's the greatest of all time. Like you're, I don't hate him. I don't love him. I respect him. That's, that's where my line is drawn. Like what he's done in the NFL throughout his entire career 
he deserves respect. I don't care if you like him or hate him. You've got to respect him, much like Jordan that you mentioned earlier. I don't care if you like Jordan or hate Jordan. You have to respect him for what he did on the basketball court. I just think, like I said, it's a multiple different things. I, I, I just felt like Rogers, what you just kind of said there, which maybe is a better way. I never, I felt like he never got a fair shot with certain things. I mean, you know, you just brought up the fact of what Elway had to deal with when he was there. I mean, you could argue some of the things Rogers had to put up with the way Mike McCarthy coached that team held him back at times as well. And, and probably what led to the way that really kind of sourly ended just a couple seasons ago. And I did bring up one last thing, and we will we'll move on to this because a lot of people are saying, well, Rodgers doesn't have the stats. I don't know. Maybe people don't remember this. I'm sure you do. Rodgers had to sit the first three years of his career before he even got a start because of Brett Favre. And if you go and just take his worst seasons and then add up those three years, he's right behind Brady and everything right now. So it's not like he wouldn't be putting up the stats. And I, and part of me hopes that he does decide to keep playing just because I think he'll get there. He'll get close to, if not past Brady on some of those things. Cause I love, I, I bookmarked a lot of tweets and if that does happen in three, four, five years, damn right. I'm going to be going back and saying shit. <laughs> All right. So the Kansas city chiefs beat the Buffalo bills 38 to 24. Uh, we'll start with Buffalo side here. Uh, Allen 287, two touchdowns, 88 yards rushing big six to 60, six for 77. Uh, a good season for Buffalo. They definitely looked outmatched yesterday. I think it's fair to say we kind of talked about this last week. They have not really looked like the same team in the playoffs that they did toward the end of the season. And it sucks because it almost seems like they they hit that that bump in the road like they did earlier in the season. They started off on fire. They kind of hit that skid where they were not playing well, and then they turned it back on again toward the end of the season. Looked amazing coming into the playoffs, and then really it looks like they kind of hit that skid again. Now, and it sucked because I thought they were a great matchup for Kansas City. I at least expected it to be a good game. I know the three yeah. of us picked them to win, uh, but just kind of your thoughts overall on the Bills season Actually, and, and, and how Dennis you feel. picked the Chiefs. Oh, Dennis did, of course, Dennis. Did. And he yeah. flipped us off. So <laughs> I'm sure he'll remember. On, on, I'm uh, sure he will too. Yes. There's a couple of things that stood out to me. One, they have got to get a running game. Um, they looked better with TJ Yeldon in the game than Singletary. I, I know you and I had both liked Singletary as a rookie. He had a kind of unimpressive season this year. And what we saw in the playoffs, you know, I'm not sure that Zach Moss is the answer either. Um, I've seen some people talk about, you know, as Gus Edwards, are they going to go get somebody? They've got to do something. I think, <coughs> excuse me, they became too one dimensional. And I think that hurt them a little bit in the playoffs, especially when you get in those cold weather games. The other thing that was curious to me is since McDermott had gotten in there, it's been the tenacity of their defense, particularly their secondary, that is kind of what the Bills have been known for. They did not have very good defensive performances in the playoffs. I thought they were kind of soft against the Colts. Um, they looked a little better against Baltimore, but outside of that one huge play, I don't know if they did anything exceptional against Baltimore. They looked lost against Kansas city. Travis Kelsey set a record for the number of receptions in the AFC title game and Tyree kill set a yardage record. The strength of that defense used to be that secondary and Tredavious white and some of the ways they were shutting it down. They, they couldn't do it. They weren't getting in great pressure. So I think defense and running game to me are a couple things they got to look at hard, which is interesting because <coughs> I know Leslie Fla Frazier 
because their defensive coordinator is a finalist for the Houston coaching job. You know, he and the Chiefs offensive coordinator were the kind of rumored finalists that and the in case they go off the wall and hire Josh McCown, which I have to be honest, I'm sorry, Houston fans, I'm kind of brooding for because I feel like that would just be the ultimate Houston thing. But I wonder how much of that would have impacted their their looking because the enemy in that offense looked incredible and that defense did not look good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sucked, obviously, to see Buffalo go down like that. You know, I mentioned it on last week's podcast. I was rooting for them just because of their history and, and how long it's been for them to get there, losing four straight. I'd love to see them get in there, and I do think, obviously, would have would have made for a very interesting matchup between Josh Allen and, and whether it was the Buccaneers or the Packers. At the time, obviously, me and you both picked the Packers-Bills, which I thought really would have been a phenomenal-looking Super Bowl. No, I, obviously, I think – it. Things are looking up for them. Obviously, they've clearly bought into Sean McDermott. It's funny. I want to say it was two, maybe three. It would have been – what is this? This is Allen's third year, right? Yeah, it's third year. So two years ago then, after his first year, people may not – there was a lot of talk about them possibly firing McDermott because they did not have a good year. Uh, and there was a lot of, okay, well, is he going to be back? What are they going to do with him? And now, I mean, he looks like to be the guy for the future. I think McDermott's really good. He mm. – I think it's fair to say he was a little bit like LaFleur yesterday. He was a little bit not uh, – what's the word I want to put? They didn't put this foot on the gas. Yeah, Which is and, interesting because they went for it on fourth down in the middle of the field on the opening drive, and he thought, all right, he knows he's got to go score. But then I think in the second and third quarter, they really played themselves out of it by taking field goals. Yeah, I agree. And, again, I think that goes back to something I said about LaFleur. It's one of those things where you live and learn, right? Like, at the time, you weren't really out of it, and I got somewhat kicking the field goals. I said the same thing about Anthony Lynn earlier in the year with the Chargers, and I'll say the same thing now. When you're going against Mahomes, you can't settle for field goals because that dude will drive down the field and score on you. You've got to go for it. And they didn't, and it did end up costing them. But I do think they're obviously building a great thing here in Buffalo. The biggest thing, obviously, is going to be, and it's something we'll talk about. You know, we're we're going to do a QB show on Thursday, so we'll get a chance to talk more about Allen. Is is he going to regress at all next year? Because this has by far now been his best season out of his three years. Now we got to figure out: is this the Allen we're going to see moving forward, or is this the the you know the what's the what's the word I'm looking for here? The is this the outlier? There we go. I wanted to say albatross for some reason. I don't know why that that word was just in my head. Get that out of my head. That the outlier year is he going to be more like what he saw the past two years? I hope not, and I don't think so. We've seen him kind of progress every single year, so I'm th- I'm hoping that this is the Allen we're going to see moving forward. And if it is, that's driving us towards some very interesting battles in the AFC now between a guy like Allen and Mahomes. So I think our our while Mahomes is definitely on another tier, I think Allen's kind of at that door trying to get into that room right now on uh, on Kansas city side, Mahomes three twenty five three touchdowns clearly did not seem like the turf toe was bothering him that much. You could see it a little bit on the runs, but not nearly as bad, at least as it was bothering him in the, in the Browns game before he was uh, taken out because of injury. I mean, they rolled here. Kelsey, you just mentioned it, 13 catches, 118 yards, two touchdowns. He kind of destroyed them last time. These guys met as well. Buffalo seems to be their biggest weakness there against, uh, the tight end, and then of course Tyree Kill nine for one seventy two. I mean, it seems like if these three are going to be tied together for the next future, and I would I honestly put Andy Reid in there as well because of the way him and the enemy call plays and run this offense. I mean, 
We talked about it a little bit, so let's just continue it. Obviously, they need to go into two Sundays from now and and win that game, but they are looking to what set up a possible new dynasty in the AFC, which is AFC fans is extremely (laughs) frustrating to go from Brady to adding Mahomes. Dennis will be happy because uh, that was why he picked the Chiefs on uh, Thursday. He was excited about the possibility of – you know, maybe seeing a three or a four time champion, somebody that could develop. And they, they, I'm almost part of my takeaway yesterday was almost I, a, a even strengthened appreciation for how good the Browns played. Yeah. Um, that, because, you know, that, where yeah. Buffalo was letting them get touchdowns, you know, you guys were holding them to, to some field goals. You know, I thought, you know, we saw some stretches some weird games like when they played Atlanta, they had trouble getting their offense going. They had trouble getting, but um, they look like they've turned another gear and it's possible, you know, Watkins was close to potentially playing yesterday. Bell, we forgot about close to potentially playing. Although I think their best running back might actually be Darrell Williams. I don't disagree. So it's really, you know, they potentially will only have a few more weapons going in. Buccaneers could too, you know, we figure Antonio Brown. I think I did think it was interesting too. Um, we had had wondered, you know, our friend Dennis had wondered whether Antonio Brown was being held out because of behavior. They ruled him out uh, and we looked at it like, oh, and then almost right away they're like, we would like to re-sign him. He's been a great teammate. Okay, so he really is hurt. But, uh, you know, you could be seeing it's – the potential is there for it to be a really fun and high-scoring game. What makes me nervous is I feel like the last time Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl when the Patriots were going against the Rams, we also thought had the potential to be a really fun and high-scoring game and ended up being mostly a 10-3, to oh, my God, when is this going to end? So I don't think that's going to happen, but it does give me a moment of pause. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen because it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side. I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes over Jared Goff any day of the week. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Buccaneers getting back Winfield. Um, who is it they said uh, the 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 other safety, their second safety that went out uh, with a hit against Aaron Jones on the play that he caused the fumble. They said he likely – it was just like a stinger or whatever, so he should be back as well. Uh, they'll likely get Antonio Brown back. So they're, they're going to get all their pieces back. It's definitely lining up to be a very good game. I'm with you. I don't – you know, I told that Chiefs fan that I mentioned earlier the same thing. I was like, you know, I thought Buffalo would be a better matchup, but realistically, when you look at it, like, in my opinion, and I know this may sound like a homer thing, but I thought the Browns actually played them better than the Bills did. I mean, they held yeah. them to 19 points, where the well, Bills at the same point allowed 31. What we should have thought about is the teams that have uh, given – aside, I'm going to throw out that weird Atlanta game, but the teams that have given – the Chiefs fits or slowed them down are the teams that have a very strong running game. Even when the Patriots were doing it, it was that game where Harris kind of came out and was grinding it on the ground and they were, they were putting up big numbers that, that used to be kind of a Buffalo was running game and defense formula. I, I like what they've done with the passing game and they should keep that going, but I am just, it's almost amazing. Their running game just, I wonder, I wonder if Moss was more important to them than we really realized. And I, I don't think Moss um, is, is a great overall running back, but I think the mixture of what him and Singletary do has hurt that running game. 
Well, and Singletary was like the missing man yesterday. Most of when they were able to move the ball, they were using Yeldon. Um, they they need to address that position. I think any question we had about, you know, whether I, I've, and maybe you're right, because maybe it was that kind of Frank Gore pounder that in tandem with Singletary, maybe Singletary can't really hit his maximum. It was nice, though. You know, we wondered, can they get Dawson Knox going? I think this playoffs has given me some hope that, that you were going to see something better because he was pretty involved yesterday. He was involved the week before. We've seen him kind of picking it up in the playoffs. That's kind of exciting for those of us that have him stashed in dynasty leagues. Yeah, absolutely. The year the year I cut him, he's he's going off, which is just just amazing. Uh, I do want to give major props to Cole Beasley. As the reports came out today, he was playing with a a broken fibula for most of the season. So I. As I mentioned, I believe on Friday's show when we were talking about something, I stubbed my, my toe when I'm down for like two hours. So to play with a broken fibula, do mad props, mad props, especially with the season that he's had. So we're going to go through the news really quick here, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, we'll start with the easy ones first that won't take much talk. Uh, Greg Olson retiring, props to him. You know, I, I, he's he's likely going to go into a booth somewhere, and I think he's phenomenal. I've heard him call a couple yeah, of Fox. games. Fox got I think you. he already had a uh, – Potential contract set up with Fox. Gotcha. Uh, you know, a conversation we can have for another day, but I haven't really thought about it much, but I, I kind of wonder if he'll get into the Hall of Fame. I think he's had a really good career as a tight end, but he did miss a lot of time early on, has suffered with a lot of injuries here late. So I, I don't know if he'd get it in. I would I, I would like him to, if I'm being honest, because I think he's one of the great overall players in the game and, and off and on the field. So I'm rooting for Olsen. Uh, anything you want to say on Olsen? No, you know, I think it's it, it good for him. I'm actually looking forward to him. He called, um, for those of us that enjoyed uh, the the XFL before it got wrapped up, he was calling games for them, and I thought he did a, a really good job. I'm looking forward to hearing him, and I'm glad that he, you know, he just, that foot couldn't stay, couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Anthony Lynn to the Lions. I'm I'm curious on on this one, and we'll definitely ask Dennis about it on Thursday since this is his team. I'll let you go first. I'm not the I like Anthony Lynn, but I'm not the biggest fan of his from what what kind of he did with the Chargers. So, what are your thoughts on him going to the Lions? It's probably good for their running game because you know when he was the running backs coach in in Buffalo, um, he did uh, some good things um, there. You know, I think it's it's probably good. Uh, it was. Interesting though, I think it's good for Swift and probably uh, Carrie Ann Johnson. I think they'll continue to use too. And it seemed like there was a real split. There were some people that came out and they're like, "Oh, great news for Swift!" Or, "Well, it's time to, f- to throw all those Swift shares into the trash." I I don't really get the polarized reaction. I would be more concerned about Swift when we get to the next piece of news regarding the Lions because that's probably of greater concern. It seems like the Lions are possibly trending toward a rebuild. That might be unfortunate. I think the reason people might be scared with Lynn is because of what I didn't like with what he did with the Chargers and, and what we just kind of talked about with what LaFleur and Dermott did this weekend and being kind of timid in their play calling. The difference will be Anthony Lynn was the head coach for the Chargers. Dan Campbell is the head coach for the Lions. And I don't think if there is a fourth down that he wants to go for, Anthony Lynn's going to be able to talk him out of that. If Dan Campbell wants to go for 
fourth down. Anthony Lynn's going to have to draw up a play for them to go fourth down. So I, yeah. I do think that obviously Campbell will outrule him on on that stuff. So I, I, I with I'm with you. I think he's going to be good for the Lions. I'd be good for Swift. Obviously, the big news is. Matt Stafford came out and said that he would like to be traded. Uh, apparently, the news was if they had kept Daryl Bevel, he would have stayed. That's who he wanted to stay on as the offensive coordinator. They let him go, uh, and they brought in Anthony Lynn, so he wants to go. I brought this up a while back. I thought that it would be good for him to move on. I know we talked a lot about the Indianapolis Colts. seems to be one of the best spots. There's other places as well that he could land. You know, again, I, I, them, um, who was the other team? I think the 49ers is another one that I think would be a really interesting spot for him to go. Uh, but that'll be something we'll be talking about all offseason. Again, we'll definitely dive more to it on Thursday when we talk quarterbacks, and we'll have Dennis, who is a big a big Lions fan. But just real I quick, your thought. Was, I didn't think it was just because of Anthony Lynn. I, I think you know, there's been rumblings that Stafford was looking to move on from Detroit as early as last offseason when he sold his house. He put his house on the market, and people were like, oh, he wants to go. He's like, oh, I don't read anything into it. And it seemed like they were a little too ready to part ways. As Dennis said in our chat, it kind of makes sense why they maybe gave Campbell a longer contract. I think Detroit's looking at, hey, maybe it's time to shed some of the top-end contracts and try because they're – it's a nice quarterback draft, and now you have to kind of be thinking about the Lions in that perspective, um, knowing they're going to move on from Stafford because they have a pretty decently high pick in there. But I, I was, you and I both thought that Stafford, you know, I think him going to the Colts, you see them yeah. winning their division and and – I think he would be an upgrade over what they had last year. San Francisco would be an interesting one. Um, somebody on Twitter had talked about Houston. I don't see that at all. I think Stafford wants to go someplace where he thinks he can win. I think that's that's where he's at right now. He's endured a lot of abuse. He's had. He's another guy. You know, you talk about not getting a lot of national spotlight. Probably a little underappreciated for what they've done. Um, would be Stafford. I think he wants to go somewhere and, and try to get a chance to compete for a title. Yeah, I, I can't. I want to say it was Adam Schefter who posted it. That someone posted a a he gave Stafford gave them a quote that if Daryl Bevel would have stayed, he would have been fine staying in Detroit. So yeah, I'm not saying that they're uh, bringing in Anthony was the reason he went, but he had said if they kept Bevel, he would be fine staying with Detroit. So I felt like that, not obviously the key cog, but I mean, they both seem to want to move on. But if Bevel stayed, maybe he'd still want so to be. Frank Reich, if you're listening, you have an opening at your offensive coordinator. You know what you need to do. Bevel's signed with Jacksonville. I could have swore that was a new thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I could be wrong, but I'm almost positive I heard this morning they were saying that he's going to Jacksonville with Urban. Now, I'll look that up as we talk about the last thing. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, there's more and more talk, obviously. I know a lot of people in Houston are saying there's no shot this happens. I will say, well, there's smoke, there's fire. A lot of people are talking about Deshaun Watson wants to leave. I've seen a lot of people saying that he wants to go to the Jets or Miami. Then there's some reporters who come out and say that that's completely false. We're not going to know until Watson clears this up, and I don't think he's going to. I guess the he biggest thing would right be – about Daryl Bubble. He went to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Okay. What, uh, what I guess just – was we'll save this for a deeper discussion as we find more and more information because there's not a whole lot based on just what some reports are saying and some others are saying, and they're all kind of contradicting each other at this point. You're, what would you cap your percentage at on thinking that Deshaun Watson is either with or not with the Texans uh, when the 2021 season opens? 
My takeaway from this week is it doesn't matter who the Texans hire as head coach. Watson's not, won't be there. I would say 100% he's gone. Whether he gets his wish to go to the Jets or, I, I mean, the Jets from Houston makes a lot of sense because they have a lot of um, picks you could get back. I wouldn't want to take, I, I don't know if they want to take Sam Darnold. Um but, you know, if you got that number two pick, you're basically starting over. And to me, then, it becomes an interesting – you're talking about a franchise that already had some unappealing things. Watson was probably the most appealing thing about being head coach there. Now you know it's going to be gone. That's that's a massive project, and it's real – it's going to be a bummer for the fans. I know the fans have been agitating to get him to stay – I just think Watson has made up his mind that there's nothing that would make him come back. I don't think he trusts ownership. They'd have to sell the team. It's my personal feeling at this point in time. He, The team would have to get sold to somebody else for him to look at staying, and I don't see that happening right now. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on that part because it's one of those things where – I, I know a lot of fans are saying that, and I get it. You know, if, if Baker was doing the same thing right now, if they were put Watson, in a way, is, is getting screwed, and I think he knows that this could really kind of limit what he's able to do the rest of his career because this is not a one-year rebuild. It's going to take Houston at least two to three. You know, we've talked about before on this podcast, you're probably looking at three to four years to be relevant again, and and that's going to put Watson at almost 30. And granted, QBs play longer, but he's one of those types of QBs who's had the injuries and the way he plays, I think, Maybe his career is shortened a little bit because of how much he runs and has to take some big hits, especially with as bad as that offensive line has been as well. You know, I hope that you are right in that he is able to leave because I know with the way that the contract is set up, it is going to be hard for him to do. But I, if he doesn't want to be in Houston, I really, truly hope that he is able to to move on because, I mean, just – yeah, he, he, I think, deserves it. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game, and I would like to see him be on a new team if that's what he wants to do. So we that uh, will do it for us today. We will be back on Thursday, both Matt, myself, and Dennis. We will talk about the quarterback position, kind of what we got right, what we got wrong, and what we think is going to happen going into next year. And then me and Matt will finally get a chance to talk about WandaVision. We'll talk about the first three episodes, and then we will preview episode four as well. Until Thursday, hope you guys have a great couple days, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Die.